Welcome to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Simpler. We're so excited to have you back for this episode number two for you guys who are catching up. I My name is Pierce Love, and we got Micah Mariano as well. How's it going? And we got Ryan Dalglish. And hey, before, everybody. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> uh, before we get started, I'm going to talk at you a little bit. I did mention on the first episode that I am someone who thinks a lot, overthinks probably, and most of those things go into technology, culture, society, different things like that. And one of the things that I think is fascinating, well, last time we talked about a little bit about COVID-19, because what's great about that is it's affecting everybody right now. And so therefore it is something that is on everybody's mind or on everybody's plate. But what is very fascinating about this month, which we have talked about, which actually kind of feed into what we're talking about this week, is the joke meme or and also just the factual statement that it seems like racism killed COVID. <laughs> <laughs> in the midst of everything happening in the world right now with the protests and everything like that, you have these people who were at one point, which uh, I'd heard this before, but it actually was a campaign somewhere in the U.S. People were saying, if you go outside, you're okay with killing your grandpa. Like that actually was a campaign. Wow. I've seen people for post that. Yeah, for COVID. Wow. Like if you go outside, you're okay with your grandparents dying or you're okay with essentially killing your My grandpa. My grandparents are already dead. Most yeah, of them, so. exactly. So, I mean, well, that means nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So well, I, after reading this article, I saw that actually that was a campaign like for the public that a city had put out there. And I forget what city it was. And I'd seen that posted a whole bunch, but now those same people are getting so excited that that thousands of people are going to the city to the city square and going to these different mm -hmm. places. And so, one of the things that I think is fascinating that I'm going to encourage you as listeners: this isn't me or watchers. This isn't me bashing you guys, but just 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 to cry out for consistency. Mm -hmm. That during these crazy times, that during all of this. Um, from from the end of 2019 all the way until now, there's been so many different things going on, so many different things happening. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the moment and have an emotional response and shove that emotional response out there, such as everything with COVID. And then you see, okay, well, if you step outside, you're going to kill your grandpa. Well, I don't want to kill my grandpa or other people to kill my grandpa. So therefore, I'm going to jump <laughs> on that. But then you see everything happening with with uh, the divide in with with different racist things being exposed, exposed police brutality being exposed, and you see that, and then you immediately jump on board with that without realizing that your new stance immediately contradicts your previous stance. Mm -hmm. And so my my ploy isn't to to spit in the face of you. My ploy isn't to do any of those things. It's just something that I've been contemplating because I know I don't have it all together. And what's great about this podcast is we're striving to have a simpler mindset, especially coming from the aspect of Christ as core. I'm not saying I have it all together. We're not saying we have every single little detail lined out. But what we're saying is, or I'll just say it for myself, what I'm saying is strive to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Strive to realize, okay, hey, this is where the world was yesterday. And now 24 hours later, I'm really, I'm immediately willing to be different than what I was. So just step back and realize, just think about how do I want to approach this? How do I want to go forward with that? So if you're somebody who was protesting because you couldn't get a haircut and now, and now you're on the opposite side of that and you're saying, well, now everybody needs 
needs to stay in and respect the police rules or you're on the opposite side of that. And you were the people who were saying you have to stay in because of COVID-19. And now you're saying we have to protest because of everything going on. Wherever you stand, there seems to be inconsistencies on both sides, mm -hmm. or I shouldn't even say like there's two sides on every single side that I've seen, there's, yeah. there's in crazy inconsistencies. And so it's funny because I've actually kind of driven myself crazy on my front porch at night, just thinking about like, how do I approach my friends that are at these places? How do I approach these different things going on? And which makes me really excited about today's podcast. It makes me really excited to walk through what we're going to talk about today, which from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective, we are talking about um, the fact that there is no divisions in Christ. Mm -hmm. The fact that, that, that multiple times throughout the New Testament, it is, it is talked about and exposed that in Christ, we are one that we are all Absolutely. together unified in him. And so I hope that gives you something to chew on before we get started. But also, I'm going to pass this on to Ryan so we can kind of simplify our topic today and uh, and we can push forward with the fact that there's no divide in Christ. Yeah, absolutely, Pierce. Thank you. Um, you know, to your point that it seems, it seems like people who were angry about one thing a few months ago aren't angry about a similar thing now. And like you said, it's flip-flopped. And yes. if you weren't angry before, now you're angry. And um, one of the things that I have found really distressing is, and Mike, I know you don't spend any time on Facebook and I've got to quit spending time on Facebook. Right. It's very discouraging. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed is how many Christians attack other Christians because they don't share their same view yeah. over... Um, I, I would argue that anybody, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, and I'll get to a clarification of that in just a minute, but what I, I would argue that anybody who is truly in Christ has to recognize that in Christ there isn't race, there isn't gender, that we are all one in Christ. But, yes. but you, you still see Christians handling this and processing it differently, and it's polarizing them. And mm -hmm. instead of saying, hey, we're one in Christ, it's because you didn't handle it the way that I handled it, and therefore you're wrong. And so, yeah, so we are talking about... Uh, that in Christ appears that there's no divide. And, it, and the idea comes from Galatians 3.28 and also in Colossians 3.11. And Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And so what we really want to talk about today is that the highest measure of a person is really who they are in Christ, and that that should be the lens through which we should view people mm -hmm. rather than their socioeconomic status or their political status or their race or their gender, that the lens through which we must view, and I'm going to say it that way, that we must view people has to be through who we are in Jesus mm -hmm. and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So uh, in both of these texts— in Galatians and Colossians, you're talking about the first century church. In both of these texts, you're dealing with a division between Jews and Gentiles, both believers, and the Jewish believers are convinced that the Gentile believers need to behave like Jews. That's great that you've put your faith in Jesus, fantastic, but now you have to behave like us. And where the Gentiles aren't behaving like Jews, they're coming under criticism. Mm -hmm. And so Paul, in his letter in both of these places, the region of Galatia, several churches, and then the church in Colossae, uh, in both of these places, what he's doing is he's reminding them, no, like you're one in Christ, you're unified in Christ. Um, in fact, two verses earlier in the Galatians text, it says, for in Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. And I think if we kind of let that be 
uh, I don't know, kind of our standard that, yeah. that through faith in Christ, you are a son of God. And let and what it does, I think, I think it has to have the result of less division, don't you? That like yeah. it, it has to melt away some of that division yeah. that we have in some of the picking, because ultimately what we've wanted to, ultimately what we're trying to do, it seems like it seems like the reason there's so much division is we are we aren't trying to have people be in Christ. We're trying to have people conform to our preferences and our expectations. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point as well, and I think that with just piggybacking off what you're saying, the the fact that to simplify it by saying less, we are only looking by one means. We are only allowing standard, we yeah. are only allowing that one lens because we I mean we see this in every aspect of life. We talked about it last time with with marriage as well, with exactly with what you're saying with preferences, is that we tend to acknowledge the the coming to Jesus as this this once this one moment in my life yep. that I that I either when I was at camp when I was six or whenever I say to prayer, say to say to prayer. <laughs> whenever I said a prayer when what. I was 30, that's my first encounter with Christ. And then when I die, that's my next encounter in Christ, and that's about it. Like and then yeah. we allow everything else to kind of be our filters before and after and during yeah. all of those yeah, we're, things. Yeah, we're going to judge you based off of everything except for your faith in Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. It, but it's, it's instead of actually realizing just how monumental the gospel is for that moment, to, yeah. that it changes everything about us and therefore should change what, every way that we think. And that's what Paul's acknowledging. Yeah. Paul is acknowledging the power of the cross, the weight of the cross, what Christ has accomplished, how the Holy Spirit works. And he's saying, you're, you're, you're clinging on to things that are so, that just that melt away. You're yeah. clinging on to things that are dying. You're clinging on to a world that means nothing. You're clinging on to something that Christ overcame even, and you're not pushing past that and past that and realizing the truth of what Christ has done. And so mm-hmm. to, to what's funny is that seems so far out of reach because what seems simple, what seems simple is the way that we've been conditioned our whole lives. What seems simple is to judge people by our own culture, to judge sure. people by our preferences that we develop in our household or with our friends and family and those types of things. That's what seems simple because that's what comes easy. But what's funny about that is that that's actually 10,000 types of things versus coming to Christ. He says, here's the one thing. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's so much simpler to see it from the midst of Christ. And so you, you've acknowledged that this is one thing that is specifically within the church. Does this, does this also, I mean, we'll probably get this in a little bit. Does that also flow into how we view everybody within the church and also outside of the church? Like, how do we want to... Can I actually, can we back up a little bit? Yes, let's do that. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the things you might not think about when you read through Ephesians and Galatians is that he's actually having to address something that seems to be innate. Mm. Is that there's this I don't know um, tendency towards division. Yeah. Yes, um, and I, I think we've seen it. Like if you read the narrative story in the Old Testament, you see it even there, um, and not even just like Jews and non-Jews. Um, once Israel became a nation, but um, even before that, there were you know divisions amongst cultures and languages and social economics. So I think that there's something innate in us that um, desires to be almost like with your own people mm. to some degree. Yeah. And so I think what, you know, it's one thing to say like to us today, Hey, here's a reminder from Ephesians and Colossians that those of us who put faith in Jesus are one. Um, and I think that's gotta be the goal, but I think before those of us who are here and now can move to that place, I think we have to recognize and acknowledge that there are things in us that fight against that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, I think of it like Romans 12 too. Um, don't be conformed to this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, change the way you think, sure. think differently. Yeah. So it's not just an acknowledgement that this is the reality now for those of us who are in Christ, that we're one. 
that that doesn't in and of itself, I think, stating that doesn't change the reality of how you think. Mm, um, no, I've it has preached, to be practice. I yes, think. I mean, yeah. I've preached some places, and I'll just, I mean, I don't know how many filters I'm going to be able to have in this conversation today as a <laughs> as a brown man, um, half brown, half white. I'm as much white as I am brown, but sometimes I forget I'm either. Um, <laughs> but I've preached some places east of San Angelo, East Texas, Louisiana, um, Arkansas. I'm going to be in Alabama this summer. Um, it's a different world than even those of us who are west of that. There's, I mean, I've been in some towns where I realized like halfway through the weekend, I was the only person there that wasn't white. Yeah. Um, and, and on a positive note, the reason I didn't notice it is because no one treated me differently. Mm, And I think that we've come to a place now in our world where that is beginning to change and I hope it continues to change. But I think acknowledging us, recognizing that there's a distinction innate in us. I, I can think of some people I know in in East Texas, I'll just um, say East Texas because I spent a lot of time in East Texas, um, where churches, churches, Christians literally talk about each other, whites and blacks, as those people who live across the tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in their culture is what you guys are talking about. There's yep, an innate yeah. aspect of culture and the way you're brought up that um, gives us a tendency to think that way. So I think until we not just acknowledge that those of us who are in Christ are now one, but recognize that we're going to have to fight against our tendencies, our natural tendencies, then we're not going to see much change in the way that we think if we don't change the way we think before. Does that make sense? Well, it totally makes sense. And I think, so uh, the very end of Matthew 28, um, which I really hate calling the great commission. uh, (laughs) That's another (laughs) podcast, another time, but if you're wondering, it, the editors call it the Great Commission. Anyway, it's uh, anyway, uh, it, it flusters me. Uh, but when when he tells them uh, there and in Acts one to go into all the earth, it's clear later that these apostles, these Jewish apostles, didn't believe that he meant to the Gentiles. Mm. Uh, it's clear that the the Jewish apostles believed he meant to the Jews that were scattered, right. because. And the the way we know that is because initially what they start doing is going throughout the world and going into these Jewish synagogues preaching Christ. Mm-hmm. But in Acts chapter 10, when Peter gets the chance to go to Cornelius's house, the Gentile's house, Peter says, it's not lawful for me to be here. He tells Cornelius that, and he says, but I'm here because the Spirit told me to come. And this is Peter, like one yeah, of the, yeah. the close friends of Jesus, who's like, man, this isn't this isn't okay. This is weird to be mm-hmm. here. So it's what you're talking about. Yeah. The Jewish mindset was the Gentiles are different than us. Their salvation's not for them. The kingdom of heaven isn't for them. Right. And it was true of even Peter, the apostle. And in Acts chapter 11, when he gets back and he speaks to the other apostles, they're mad. The other apostles who walked with Jesus are mad that he would go and offer salvation to the Gentiles, that he would even eat with them right. because of their cultural bias, because of their cultural upbringing. Right. And then he reminds them, no, faith came to them. Salvation came mm-hmm. to them. They received mm-hmm. the spirit just like we did. And that was the shift in the mindset. Um, but there was still that cultural thing that yep. was kicking back against them, which yep. is why later Peter changed his behavior. He was eating with some Gentiles. This is a, a recorded for us in Galatians, I believe. He he was eating with some Gentiles and some Jews show up and then Peter distances himself from the <laughs> Gentiles and Paul rebukes him for it. And he's like, dude, you, you don't get to act like that anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what you're saying is yeah. we have these innate things in our culture. Well, the apostles not, not only... Um, had that bias, but they also, with the life of Jesus, watched Jesus do ministry with people that were outside of what they considered okay. Yeah. And so they watched Jesus do this ministry, and yet it still didn't take away their 
their tendency towards that bias. Yeah. So I think that's that's the reality is we have to recognize that whether you consider yourself to be someone who um, is divided or not, we at least need to recognize the tendency. Um, I, I think that there's, we're not talking necessarily even just about like race or socioeconomic status or culture. Um, we're talking about even things like like preferences. Like I know in the, in the 90s, 1990s, the number one, I believe, don't hold me to this, but I believe I heard the number one reason for church splits was preferences and style of music. No, mm. I think it's been that way for a long time, hadn't it? Well, really? I, yeah. I think it was, I mean, I don't know how long the stats go, but but to yeah. that point, this isn't. This has nothing to do with money or race. This has yeah. to do with yeah. what kind of music you like. Yep, you know exactly. I mean? so, so this goes deeper than just those yeah. those other things. If we don't... If we don't first acknowledge that we are people with bias, then we can never move to the place where we're able to see people just as yep. people in Christ. Yep. Um, because, because people who don't recognize their bias don't ever seek to change it. Yep. Mm. Okay, that's a good point, because I think what we yeah. tend to do is say, well, I want to help everybody else understand how they need to not be biased, which is a good venture, but I think it has to start with us. Absolutely. Recognizing yes. that all of us, every single one of us has a tendency towards division and bias. And if we can take care of that in ourselves and go, okay, I want to recognize everybody in Christ who's put their faith in Jesus as one regardless. And that becomes our changing the way yeah. that we think. Now I think we're able to encourage other people by us yes. changing. Yes, totally. When on that point as well, uh, fully acknowledging it and pointing back to yourself, I think also it helps helps a mindset of in Christ, the humility with that of, mm. of I'm resting upon something that's outside of myself. I'm, I'm pointing the finger back at me saying, okay, cool. This is my tendency. This is the culture that I come from. And I think starting at that place, exactly like what you're saying, and then living that out, it's going to bleed into grace for other people and seeing where they are, seeing that, seeing that tendency of, and seeing where you came from, there's that you're going to see more grace towards other people as you're seeing, hopefully the change around you and yeah. change the culture and yeah. stuff like that. Totally. That's some oh, see, I'm already thinking about new stuff. That's the it's a good time. Good. It's a good time. Yeah, I think that it is. Yeah, I'm gonna stress. I'm gonna stress again. Kind of two of the main things, uh, at least that are that are kind of setting in for myself. Uh, starting with what we said earlier, coming from a lens of Jesus, we are we're we're simplifying how we are viewing and how we are looking upon all peoples within the church, outside the church, which we'll get to in a little bit, talking about the, through the lens of Jesus and stripping us outside other things. And within that, realizing our tendencies, realizing that we, the, the, the Jews of this time period in the scriptures, they lived in a culture that was very much divided. And now mm -hmm. we even fast forward 2000 years to now, and we live in a, live in a culture that is very much divided and, and, and sexualized. And we are trained that way. We, there are things that are innate within us and there are things that we are just trained with. And so realizing the tendencies that we have and starting from that point to push forward into that mindset. I think that has to be the if we want to go for a solution in regards to division in the body of Christ, it has to be um, us recognizing that there is no division. Mm. You know what I mean? In actuality, yeah. like in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. 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 And, and to your point a minute ago, usually when people want to fix division in the church, they, they are looking outside themselves. Yeah. They are looking at what that person is doing. If that person would just do what I am doing, then there wouldn't, we wouldn't be divided. Right. And right. we, yeah, I think you're right. We have to 100% start with our own bias. And that admittedly is incredibly difficult. I mean, I can think of some stories where it's I've humbling. been leading worship at um, a church for, um, you know, multiple days and someone has come up and um, dogged on me for the kind of music 
I play. Mm. And there's something innate when they say that that makes me feel like I'm divided from them, you know? Yeah. And I think me recognizing that just because we have a disagreement on this doesn't mean we're divided. Right. We might, we might have different preferences. We have different style tendencies and music, but like we are not divided in Christ. And same that cross, is same incredibly blood, difficult. Same empty tomb, same yes. faith. When yeah. someone who proclaims faith is screaming in your face because you're playing something they're calling music of the devil, yeah. it's difficult yes. emotionally not to feel separated from those Heck people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because in that moment we've made it, about us rather than about Jesus. Yeah. That, that, here's the problem. What we want to say to them is you're making this about yourself and not Jesus. Um, but the defensiveness that rises up in us <laughs> yeah. is us doing that same thing. It's making right. it about us and right. not about Jesus. And I think you can, you know, in wisdom, as hopefully as we get older, as you're much older than me, but as I continue <laughs> to get older, um, we'll recognize that there are ways to go about those conversations in a wiser way. Yes. Understanding that we're not divided. We're of the same body. Um, my tendency, obviously, is just to, to attack the conversation mm-hmm. as is, respond in kind, and sometimes that's necessary. And I think sometimes yeah. it just people need grace. Yeah. Um, well, Paul rebuked Peter in front of everybody. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. over um, over this particular thing. But yeah, with the aim being Christ, you know, I mean, I think that that's key. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think self. that's what a lot of times is lost in the conversation is is somehow. We say, my identity lies in Jesus, but when it comes to all these other things that are my preferences, my emotion and preferences rise to the top over yeah. who I am in Christ. And so no longer am I saying my identity is Christ, I'm saying my identity is my race or my money or the preferences in music. Like yeah. These things come to the top instead of letting those things be secondary to Christ. Yeah. Well, you know what? I bet... I bet we still, even after all of that, I bet we still have people listening that may say this exact same thing. Certainly, we don't see the church of today with these same sorts of division that the early church faced. Yeah, I think, well, actually, I think we see, (laughs) uh, I like your, I don't know, you have a very weird cadence when you're when I'm quoting other people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Certainly. We don't hey, see this. Whoa. We don't see that. Just the, well, uh, the theater kid coming yeah, out of me. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> there uh, you go. that reminds me uh, of a Jeff Moore song from like back in the 90s. Wow. Where, uh, something about I don't know who that is. You just Jeff, Jeff Moore in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's got some huge hands. I shook his hand one time and my hand disappeared into his hand. <laughs> like I've never seen such big hands before. Jeff Moore, if you ever hear this, your hands are huge. Shout out to Jeff Moore's hands. Jeff Moore. Not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like I do, th- I agree with you that a lot of people are going to say, no, we don't have that same kind of divide today, but we, we actually do. And, and I think, I think a good example of that uh, back to, so, so encapsulating all of this and that in Christ, we are one, right. Mm -hmm. That by faith in Jesus, we are all children of God. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's the identifying mark. Uh, but 25 years of traveling ministry, I, uh, my aim was always, I didn't always do it well. Uh, I tried to, but my aim was always to correctly proclaim the scripture and correctly represent Jesus. But I, I won't ever forget, this is just kind of highlighting some of my own stupidity and preference, but I was at a camp one year and uh, they wouldn't let the kids in. Service was supposed to start and they wouldn't let the kids in, like 800 kids were waiting outside and they wouldn't let them in, wouldn't let them in. And finally, I was just like, hey, is is there a reason we didn't start the service 15 minutes ago when we were supposed to? And they said, the smoke machines aren't working. 
<laughs> and it ticked me off. And I was just like, seriously? Like, oh my goodness, who the heck cares about smoke machines? And they're like, you don't understand. The lasers won't look good without the smoke. And I was like, seriously, we are stopping worship because the smoke won't work. And it just ticked me off. It just mm -hmm. really made me angry. Um, and I kind of had a bad attitude towards the leadership of that camp for the rest of the week, because I'm thinking, man, you, you don't care about Christ, um, which is, is wrong. Like these are people who are in Jesus. They have a different skill set than I do. They have a different vision for this than I do, but it doesn't make them different than me uh, yes. from the, from the standpoint of Christ. And I allowed too many of my own petty preferences to, to cause division between me and someone else, mm -hmm. uh, because ultimately they didn't have the same frame of reference that I had, or the same view that I had, or the same passion that I had. They had a different passion. They had a different direction that mm -hmm. they were gifted in. And, and instead of allowing them to be gifted in that and letting that be a blessing to me, it was weakness or it was stupidity. And I would, I would measure them based on that rather than measure them based on the fact that they're forgiven and they're sorry, it, that's going to sound like they needed to be forgiven for that. They didn't, but, but they are in Christ, yes. like I'm in Christ and they are righteous and they are holy and they are loved by God. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that needed to be the thing that that needed to be my reference from them. And so yeah. I, to your point, like different styles of music, or uh, we've seen it with different preferences uh, of uh, translations, Bible translations, mm -hmm. yes, or how you dress or how you don't yeah. dress. We were just told what last month by a friend of ours that the last time we were preaching at his church, uh, the people were mad at me because I was wearing my converse. <laughs> and uh, and they, a good reason. they felt that it was disrespectful that I wore converse. Like all I ever wear is converse. What, and, is, what is respectful footwear though? Uh, Any lovers? <laughs> apparently, apparently not Converse. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, but like uh, they were they were mad at me for that and mm -hmm. and wouldn't listen to me and and you think man that's that's sad and like you said the very first thing you want to do is go and tell them how stupid they're being but then but I then, did <laughs> but then we need to remember who we are and who they are as a, as a point with that so the church I know what church you're talking about um, these people have done things in their church the same way for the last, I don't know, 60 or 70 years. Mm. And so to the point at the beginning about um, some like ingrained biases, that's where that comes from, you know? Mm. So this is ingrained. So as a, as a, not counter, but like as a, as a, a catalyst to what we're talking about, I think there always needs to be um, this recognition that there is need to have these conversations. Yes. So yes. This, what we're not saying by any means is that, um, we show grace to someone who doesn't like Ryan wearing Converse when he preaches so much so that we never have the conversation. Yeah. What we're saying is, is we don't bash them. We don't dog them. They are part yes. of us if they proclaim faith in Jesus. Um, but we are willing to have that conversation. Advance be, the dialogue. Yes. Like, there to has be, to be that. Yes. Because to be honest, those things can come in, in contradiction to the gospel. Yes. So yes. if I, I know this church and, and I know that if one of the things I've heard their former pastors say is that, um, they have such an incredible outreach to all these kids in the area that are, you know, low-income kids, impoverished kids, but their people in the church don't want to bring those kids into the services because they don't think that they should be there because they don't have the right clothes. Yeah, which so, is So sad. that's a hindrance to the gospel. That is so, a, yes. So th I think we, got, we have to have wisdom in how we handle these things. It can't just be, I'm gracious, I'm just going to let it go. We have to recognize I'm one with these people, and that also causes me frustration because the goal is always the gospel and yes. never preference. Yeah, and, and I think that if we'll keep that in mind, 
I mean, it, it all is going to come down to the motive of the heart. Absolutely. And so if the reason that I'm wanting to correct this in somebody is because I don't like it, then then that's the wrong approach. Yes, I'm yes. forgetting that they're one in Christ with me. And so probably what I need to do is take a beat, take a day, process it and remind myself who they are in Christ and then be able to go to them and have a conversation rather than bash them or undermine them or whatever. But yeah, I agree with you. Because the goals change. The goal is to be like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when we talk about change, yeah, that's the trajectory, right? That's the direction. And yeah. so um, it can't be something... Listen, if, if we're convinced of something as truth in Jesus, um, then we, we need to be able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But we also need to be teachable, recognizing our own biases. Uh, I know, Micah, that you shared with me um, a couple of weeks ago when you drove me out for my ankle surgery that I think the day before the George Floyd video had just surfaced and you were just talking about how sick that made you. And we were talking a lot about this verse from Galatians that like that racism, that this kind of separatist view of people over preference, over skin color, over where we live, over the, our houses, our schools, whatever, that this has zero place in the kingdom of heaven. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things to recognize is that um, the spirit is the one that binds us. Yes. Um, and the same spirit that lives in me through faith lives in everybody else who's put faith in Jesus. And the spirit is the one that binds us. And so I just admittedly filter off. I have a really hard time believing that the spirit doesn't push for unity. Yes. And so let me just say this just blatantly. If you're someone I, I who, think you can say it more firm than that. The spirit pushes us to unity. Absolutely. And so if you're someone who is totally okay with racism you're totally okay with disunity i i I don't know like my question for you would be like have you put your faith in jesus i'm not trying to cause people to doubt their salvation but i i've been on the road and doing ministry long enough to know that there are people who think that they have put faith in jesus because they walked down an aisle and said a prayer yeah and listen some mystical witchcraft prayer sorry um doesn't (laughs) say apologize (laughs) yeah it doesn't it doesn't save you if you haven't actually believed God's promise of salvation. Yes. That was for us that Jesus bore our sin on the cross, that he went to the grave with our sin, and then three days later he conquered in his resurrection, and that he's the fulfillment of God's promise of redemption, that he's a savior. And I believe it. I believe that he's God. I believe that God is all the things the Bible. It, that's what yes. saves us. That's faith. Just because I repeated a prayer after somebody going down the aisle at a camp or a worship service that's not doesn't faith. make me saved. And so yeah. there's a lot of people who are walking around the world, specifically the United States of America, who call themselves Christian, who've never put faith in Jesus. Yep. And what drives me nuts, to be honest, as a half minority, can you, is, that, is that like a weird way to say it? Like as it. a minority, <laughs> is that there is this division and somehow Christians are okay with it. Yeah, like, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that like we're all perfect. What I'm saying is, is that those of us who are in Christ, we've come so far in the world, we have to recognize that the means by which the gospel is proclaimed is the unity in the body. And if you're totally okay with there being disunity, I want to question whether or not the Spirit's in you. You've actually put your faith in Jesus. I I think you have to. Go ahead, Pierce. I think that's a brilliant point that I think also helps set Christians and Christ apart from the rest of the world. Because specifically today, we live in a culture that if I have to accept your truth, I have to accept mm-hmm. your truth. And if I don't, I am, I'm canceled. I'm, I'm pushed aside. I ha- we have to no longer be friends because I can't accept your truth. And so for us as Christians to proclaim that Christ is the only way, that Christ yeah. is the only person where there is salvation, where there's the only place where there is forgiveness, where there is grace, and that his people are people who show that love that outweighs anything the world can show us, we have to have that 
platform of a voice to say, hey, if you don't stand for the things of Christ, I have to question whether you're not in Christ because Christ is that Christ weighs that much. Like yeah. there's yes. that much weight and power to the word of Christ. And if you are just going to fall into the mess and dissolve into our culture in such a way where you have your own interpretation of Christianity, us who stand firm and stand beside the gospel, us who stand firm beside the fact that Christ is who he says he is, he's accomplished the things that he's accomplished, those of us who say that truth is outside of our own understanding and we now rest in Jesus, we have to look at that and say, yeah. what is going on? Because I have had an encounter with the risen Messiah. Yeah. And I and it does not look like you. Yes. Yeah. And so if we if we want to see that unity, we have to, I mean, mm. In the most gracious and best way possible, weed out that nonsense and and call it out in a loving way because Christ, there's so there's so often where like I know I might I might go a little bit this way just, just bring me back. Um, we often want to look at the way that Christ treats people as like he's either he's either condemning and hateful or he's loving. We look at the soft moments <laughs> with with the tax with the tax collectors and the prostitutes as like those are the loving moments, but then these intense moments that he has, those are hateful moments, those are mean moments. Yeah. Whereas Jesus had one motive and one goal, and that was to proclaim yeah. to proclaim who he was as yeah. God. And in the way that that looked looked different, but the goal and the motive was always the same. Yeah, people forget that the prodigal prodigal son story is probably more a plea for the Pharisees to put their faith in him exactly. than it is to talk about a wayward son. Yes, I think exactly. it's amazing. So, like Jesus is is crying out for the teachers of the law and these marginalized people for all of them together to put their faith in him as Messiah. Yes. All of them, exactly. Well, you know, you you said that you have a hard time believing, Micah, that. Uh, that the spirit isn't moving people to unity. Mm -hmm. So in John 16, it's the last night of the life of Christ. John, uh, the last half of the book of John nearly deals with the last little few days of Jesus's life. And, and in John 16, he says that the spirit's going to come and he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to remind you of everything that I said. And then in John 17, Jesus prays in the garden of Gethsemane. And one of the things that he prays multiple times, he says it about three times in the text. Mm -hmm. He says, I pray that the church, I, he doesn't say church, I'm adding that, I'm sorry. He says, I pray that they would be one. So speaking of those who would put faith in him, yeah. I pray that they would be one, even as you and I are one. And he's mm -hmm. praying that to the father. And so uh, there is a unity that Jesus has with the father. Jesus has already said in an earlier chapter, he said that he and the father are never separated. Yeah. Uh, he says in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the father for I and the father are one that can't be undone. Mm -hmm. And and so the unity that Jesus is praying for, for the church is the same unity that he and the father share. Right. Yes. And so for the church to, to signify something less than that, I think we have to even more strongly than we've been saying, say that that's not church. That's not the church because in, in first John, uh, he he says that if you say you love God, but you don't love the brethren, yeah. those that belong to Christ, he goes, you don't love God. You don't even know God. Mm -hmm. And and so he says, you cannot love God whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen. And yeah. so if there is a racial divide, back to Galatians 3, if there is a racial divide, if we're divided over people uh, because of economics, as you mentioned earlier, uh, if we're divided, we haven't talked about this very much, but if we're divided uh, 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 with people over gender, yeah. um, then then that is not of Christ. And I think you could make a really good case, bar, granted that people need to mature and that we are growing and that we are learning, but I think you can make a really good case that if that's consistent in you, the scripture says you don't know God. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I think that there's always the, like we said earlier, the the um, ingrained ideas from our upbringing or our culture. And so obviously there's some grace in that conversation as well. I think what we're saying is, is, is if just maybe as a, an encouragement to you, if you're someone who is totally okay with the division, 
then maybe what you should question is, have I actually put my faith in Jesus? Because yeah. it seems like all these things are pointing towards unity. What Jesus is praying, what the Spirit's doing is, is pointing towards unity. That's the direction. Yeah. And so like, I, I think that what I've noticed, that just to be honest, like in me, is I've, I feel conviction at times when I find myself putting a divide between me and someone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I sense that. And I think that I'm not saying that that needs to be that way for everybody, but I assume it probably is mm-hmm. because it's this, I don't think that's me wanting to change um, because I don't think that's innate in me is wanting to change. I think that's the spirit moving me to a place where I recognize I, I have to be one with these people, even if we disagree over these things. And to, to your point about, just make a point about gender for a moment. We actually, funny story, had a buddy um, <laughs> in our small group a couple years ago. That's a few years ago. Um, we were talking about us being one in Christ and they're not being Jew or Greek, male or female. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you mean that there's not like, there's not males or females anymore? And we're like, no, no, no. I mean, we're all one in Christ. He goes, wait, wait. Like there's no more males and no more females. We're like, no, no, bro. There's still men and women, like <laughs> males and females in physical form. There's just no distinction. Yeah. Just so he was like so confused about, about that. But I think that, that one of the conversations has happened of late is like, you know, this, this idea of like where to, like where to, like women's role play in in Christian culture, specifically within leadership in the church. And you know what I don't hear very often in that conversation when I hear people talk about it is I don't hear the gospel. Yes. I don't hear this idea of oneness. Um, we've, we talked about marriage in our, in our last podcast episode in, in Ephesians 5. It's funny that the idea of how husband and wife are put together and how they act with one another um, is totally to paint the picture of Jesus yes. and his relationship with the body of Christ. And so this is how this is how God has set us up is that we all have these roles. First Corinthians talks about gifts and how God gave the spirit gives gifts as he sees fit. Right. And so the gifts are meant to be um, a proponent of oneness in the body. He says, if everybody was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Where right. would the mm-hmm. sense of smell be? And so I think that, that what I rarely hear in the conversation of things like race, of things like gender inequality is the gospel amongst Christians. I hear too much um, rhetoric from outside yes. the Bible and not enough gospel centered mindset. Can I just say something to you men? If you're gospel centered, then your view of your wife and your view of women is that you're all the same in Christ. They yes. are not less. If you view women right. less, then you are an ignorant person in regards to who God is. And at the least. At the least. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean you have to, I mean, maybe you had a terrible mother or maybe you had like an awful girlfriend at one point, or maybe your wife was terrible and you have an emotional um, stigma one way or the other, men or women towards each other, but that doesn't create a, that can't create a divide. If our emotions and our preferences supersede the gospel we're, we're not being good proclaimers of the gospel. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I really would rather you speak on it than Pierce or myself. Um, wow, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear any more from you, That's Pierce. That's right, you're done. Uh, at lunch the other day, we were talking a little bit about this, and we were talking about how we as believers should treat fellow believers. Uh-huh. But then you brought up the idea that if, if we're going to treat, uh, if we're going to deal with race issues within the church and we're going to show people love, that we can't, we can't show, we can't break down racial barriers within the church without also doing that outside the church. Will you yeah. speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know if, if we can make this case like from a particular text um, in the scripture, but the thought I had was that if, if I'm saying within the body of Christ, I recognize that those who put faith in Jesus are one. In other words, now I don't have, uh, for example, like a racial um, mindset, and there's no division of race, then it would be counteractive to that statement if I then go to people who are not part of the church and say, I don't like you because you're not the same color I am. 
Um, I don't think that it doesn't reflect the same heart. It, it seems fake. It seems inconsistent, inconsistent dishonest, yeah. dishonest. And so, I, you know, I think what I said something um, when I preached at the 456 a few weeks ago, um, this was right after I think the George Floyd um, situation mm-hmm. happened. I said mm-hmm. that you know, I, I, my opinion is I don't think people need to hear um, our opinions. I think what they need to hear is the gospel. Yes. Um, and by no means am I saying don't speak out about what you think. What I'm saying is, is I think what happens more times than not is that Christians talk about their political viewpoint. They talk about their racial viewpoint. They talk about their economic viewpoint, which all of those are important things to talk about. But those things always come before the gospel. Yes. I'll only just call some things out. Like I, I cannot stand, I'm probably getting in big trouble for this, but I cannot stand <laughs> churches who, who celebrate our country on a Sunday around July 4th, as if our country is God. Yeah. Like we sing Preach. songs, <laughs> we sing songs around July 4th to our country. When we gathered to worship God, like I can't think of a, of a, like a bigger form of idolatry within the modern church. There's a church in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Those fireworks. Does fireworks. And like, okay. In their sanctuary. I don't even mind the fireworks, to be honest. The fireworks are kind of cool. like But like the whole point of it is that <laughs> they have come that day to celebrate our country. Listen, my dad immigrated to the United States. I'm a first generation American. I love our country. I love what we have here. I love the freedoms. I love the freedom to vote. Um, my dad was a political activist against a dictator in the Philippines when he was growing up. And um, he even had a friend that was shot right next to him when they were at a rally. So my dad had experienced the oppression of a government that... Um, doesn't allow the people to be free. And so I love what we have here in the U.S., but that doesn't that doesn't supersede who I am in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. If I lived in the Philippines again, it's not under a dictator, but if I lived in a country under a dictator again, it doesn't change my identity in Christ. Right. Exactly. And so I think what we too often do as American Christians is we put our Americanism over the gospel, over who we or are in Christ, to, at least. or equal yeah. to at least. Which is still yeah, wrong. Yeah. And I think what it does is it, it creates a dichotomy amongst us where we're not allowed to disagree on things that are secondary. Yeah. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. We don't allow ourselves to disagree on the things that are secondary, and, and rather we make those things priority, we make those things yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's we've talked about this, I know, before, too, that a lot of times— um, and I went on some good mission trips and some bad mission trips. And what I mean by that is I went on some mission trips where the aim really was the gospel. And I went on other mission trips growing up where the aim was to make these people in this village, in this country, uh, look American. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so you see that, you see that sometimes the aim, and this is probably true for every cultural church, uh, but growing up in the American church, I'll say it from that perspective, you see sometimes where the aim of the church is to conform other people to the model of the American church rather than the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's problematic. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because then we're saying that you're unified with us if you look like us rather Mm -hmm. than you're unified with us because of Christ. Yeah. And being able to enjoy their differences. Like I know that you've Mm. been uh, around the world a couple of different places and I've been to a couple of different places and being able to worship with people in a different culture, in a different environment with different songs and different food. And those things can be a real blessing and being able to know that here are these people who are proclaiming Jesus like I do back home. And, and instead of me going, Hey, they need to look more like me. We're able to be one in Christ. That's the bond. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we'll talk about this more on our next episode, but I think so much coming from that as well is an acknowledgement of 
Hmm, think of the best way to say this. We need to acknowledge and be on the same page of what the gospel is. Yes. I think too often we, since we have so much of these biases that we're taught, too often the the Americanism of it for a lot of people is is gospel. the gospel, <laughs> yeah. is yeah, the church, true. is yeah. so like this is the way we do church, and I equate my church with the teachings of the gospel. Oh yeah, Good and point. therefore I'm taking that to other people true. because and so it can it can even be innocent. I think there are plenty of people that are like, no, you are wrong, and I am right. That probably know that probably do know better. But then you have these 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 youth and these students that go on mission trips that don't really know any different because that's what they're taught the whole time. But actually, that same guy that you mentioned that came to our small group, he said it wasn't until we actually bonded over this it wasn't until 2013 um that he actually heard the gospel presented and he was 20 years old at the time and grew up in church mm. and he said he was 2013 and he actually heard the gospel for the first time mm. wow yeah. and like i said uh, for for everybody listening we are gonna be having an episode just just over the gospel just just yeah. really just just making that yeah. simpler yeah and and really kind of getting on the same page with that and so if you are confused with any of the language that we're that we're doing that we're using here stick with us stick with us we're yeah. going to yeah. continue to kind of flesh so much I'll give you a thought on this that out. real quick yeah the, uh when i was I'm, I'm a pastor's kid and so i did a lot of the I'm an alcoholic's kid. I'm a gay man's kid. <laughs> wow, there you have it. It's just all out on the table now. There you go. It's all on the table. Man. So wow. anyway, what were you saying? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, at being in a lot of church events growing up, I, you know, the one consistent thing I heard over and over again at camps and retreats, I remember we were even at a, this uh, retreat place in uh, uh, mountains of New Mexico where my dad would do these training sessions and, and me and my brother would go to these like camps, if you will, for preacher's kids. Um, so it was, you know, four or 500 preacher's kids all together, which is the first time I ever was introduced to marijuana, which is funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's that? Anyways, I, yeah, huh? <laughs> Anyways, but the one consistent thing I would hear at all these events when I was growing up um, in the mid and late nineties was that if you don't do this and you don't do this, if you know, if you, if you don't drink, if you don't have sex before you're married, if you don't listen to rock and roll, if you don't, you know, you don't play cards, you don't gamble, you, there's this list of things, as long as you don't do these things, you're a good Christian kids so is mm-hmm. to your point, Pierce, that yeah. our, what I, my generation grew up thinking and believing because yeah. this is what we were taught was that as long as our life was, life was lived mm. a certain way, we were Christians. And you see that perpetuated now because there's a sense of morality as an equate for the gospel. Yes, for sure. And that is by no means the case. There are so many New Testament passages where Paul specifically just rails on people yes. for thinking that their salvation comes by works or comes by morals. And so I think that maybe a, a shift for us has to be to recognize that, that morals are culturally defined. Yes. Um, and we can't be divided over our preferences and morals either. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, I, there's, there's someone on our staff at the 456 that smokes, um, I'm the only person on our staff that doesn't have a tattoo, Whoa, not because what? I don't like tattoos. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what I want. And I think there's a better way to spend my money. Like there's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's preferences, but like if we're divided over those moral things, then we've placed those in the forefront. And I think what's happened is a lot of people think they put faith in Jesus because they're good people. Yes. And that's where you see some of the divide. And I think maybe that's why it gets me a little fired up is there's so many people who call themselves Christians. Yeah who've never actually put their faith in Jesus. And mm-hmm. so then you get churches like that dumb church out of Kentucky that is like a racist church and yeah. like a Baptist church. Which they, does not represent Christianity no, and at so, all. No. So then all these people who don't know Jesus see that as a church and they Ticks say, look off. how Christians are acting. Yes. And I'm like, no, yeah. that is not how Christians are acting. That's how fake Christians are acting. That's yeah. how, yeah. That's how you know, the, the greatest lie of the enemy is never the antithesis of the truth. It's something that's very close to the yeah. truth. 
And so that's what scares me about those kind of things is that anytime there's an association with Christianity that isn't based on faith in Jesus as the proclaimed Messiah from the scriptures, it's not truth. Mm-hmm. It's not Christianity. Well, a bit, a bit of encouragement for those listening as well. In the midst of everything going on right now with, with George Floyd, with Black Lives Matter, with so much going on in our nation, um, with the virus and stuff like that, we see that most people immediately get fired up with their with their own opinion or their own preferences. And one thing that I can almost guarantee a at least a small percentage, if not a big percentage of the people listening to this right now, you're listening to the different points that we have said, and you're already flaring up different arguments back, even though we can't even hear you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're you're getting ready with those arguments. And, I, and an encouragement for you guys is that if you are immediately getting fired up and pushing back saying, well, I'm not that type of person, I'm not doing this. You're even you're you're further proving the point that so many of us don't have our mindsets on the gospel. Mm. You're you're not you're not coming at it from a standpoint of like, huh? Let me let me like we said earlier, let me really kind of look at my own preferences and look at and, and, and I, am I actually doing this? Because I, I I know I love Jesus and and I know that He's convicted me in these areas, but have I actually followed through? Yeah. Uh, or or man, I've never felt convicted about those areas. Instead of saying I've never felt convicted about those areas, I've got it all together. Actually saying, man, I've never felt convicted about that. Let me actually see if I do stand for the things of Jesus. And so a huge encouragement to you guys, this, I know it's easy to, to look at this as three, three men that are, that are, that are married and involved in the world and all that fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) What's that? No, sorry, let me rephrase it. Three men who married. are individually married to and have individual families and all that fun stuff. It's easy to look at us and be like, well, those guys are just privileged. They got it all together, whatever. Like Micah said, he's a 50% minority. <laughs> <laughs> but it's easy to kind of push back against that. But the, our goal is not to separate ourselves or elevate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, we are completely honest in the fact that our goal is Jesus. Yeah. And the fact that that we have been... I mean, all of us here have been so so humbled by Jesus, and we we have we have so many different stories of how Jesus has humbled us and and, and shown us His grace. I mean, I mean, we we made jokes about our fathers a second ago, but the fact <laughs> is that with our with our walk in Jesus, that has shaped so much of how we see God and how we see redemption and how we've yeah. seen grace and love. And so, there's so much of that that, that I want to encourage you guys listening or watching that that reach out. If if there's something that you you're feeling condemned or attacked or whatever, reach out because we don't want the conversation to end here all the yeah. time. We want to continue the conversation. This is a resource that we wanted to put out there to show that that we are three men who have realized that we overcomplicate life day in and day out with with family stuff with routine stuff with marriage stuff with scripture stuff all the just being pastors and having other jobs as well we overcomplicate these things day in and day out and we've realized through really diving into the word and really pursuing Jesus and pursuing community that life can be so much simpler yeah and in the midst of this as well to encourage you guys that that when it comes to these divides, when it comes to divides within the church or outside the church, our goal is always Jesus. Within the yes. church, we point yep. people to the gospel. We say, hey, this is we, we, we are unified in Jesus, and we need to find a way to live that out. Acknowledging your own tendencies yep. as an individual, acknowledging the tendencies of the people around you, and through grace and love and um, boldness in the Spirit, exposing those things around you and being a light to that. And then with the people that are outside of the church, being a light to the gospel acknowledging the fact that, that there are so many crappy pictures painted by these churches that are doing nonsense things saying okay well that's not that's not the way it happens and or that's not the that's not the truth and these people have a way louder voice and so now I'm going to try to counteract that with the people around me yeah. that are outside of the church I'm going to show them what the gospel is I'm not I'm not going to allow myself to be divided uh, Monday through Saturday, and then unified on Sunday. I'm going to allow myself to have a mindset of unity and acknowledgement of Jesus's love 
in all aspects. That's a great point because I think our our tendency is to say, "Well, I see a problem, and so I need to make sure that problem's fixed." Rather mm-hmm. than it needs to be a conversation, sure. But I've never gone to that church in Dallas and said, "Hey, you guys shouldn't celebrate our country like mm-hmm. you do in worship service." Because what 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 good does that do in the long run? I don't have a voice for that, but what I do have a voice for is the people within my sphere. Well, I want to, exactly. like you say, graciously proclaim that um, Jesus is the center, mm-hmm. that the gospel is the center for us. Proclaiming that is is the center, and I don't want it. I don't want it to ever be my goal um, to just change people um, in the way they think. I want my goal to be so that uh, for people to know the gospel, and that's yes. it. And that's it. And, exactly. And I mean, we those of you who are listening, uh, watching, whatever it is, however, I don't know, however far down the road this is, we we want you to know that we believe with all of our hearts that there's a God in heaven who loves you sent Jesus to die for mm-hmm. your redemption, for salvation. And um, and if you're in Christ, that's why we can say we're unified with you. Yes. Um, and um, where I have been divisive in the past, I'm, I am recognizing that and, and seeking to fix that in me. Um, as we were talking about earlier, recognizing our own bias. Um, yeah. But, uh, but if, if you are even somebody who's not a person of faith and you're sitting here and thinking that we're against you, we, we just really need you to know that we are not, we, we love you. We believe that God loves you. And, uh, and our only aim is that you would know Jesus. And, and so whether you're in Christ, or, I always say to my kids that we have two kind of feelings towards people. Those who don't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus and those who know Jesus, we want them to know him more. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so Jesus for us, I, I'll say it this way we are at the place now where we recognize that Jesus has to be uh, the singular unifying factor for all people of faith. We recognize that. And what we are doing now is we're taking steps to make sure that that's true of our teaching and our behavior. Yes. Absolutely. Striving for consistency in, in all regards. Yeah. And what's great about you guys listening and watching as well is that like I said, we want to extend the conversation. And if there's something that you listening to want to either point out or or join the conversation, like, how, 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 do, how do these two things line up? You guys said these two things. How do they line up? Like we said, we're striving for consistency. And we want you guys as listeners, um, as part of the audience, to see that same consistency in your life. And we want that consistency here. And so obviously not to pick a fight. But to say, right. hey, have the conversation. Have a conversation. Let's yeah. have a conversation. And so um, we are now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and like 10 or 15 different other podcasts. So wherever you are able to leave comments on those types of things, hit us up. Hit us up on social media with Instagram and Facebook. Leave a message. Leave a comment. And we want to talk to you guys. We want to mm-hmm. keep that going. Uh, Mike, I have a question for you. You have a, uh, a simpler hack for us today? I do. I do have yeah. a simpler hack. So uh, let me give you a little backstory of my simpler hack. <laughs> my brother and I have wanted this um, device for a long time called a one wheel. Mm. Uh, one wheel is like a, I don't know, it's like a snowboard or wakeboard um, on land. Um, it's <laughs> it's phenomenal. Anyways, they're kind of expensive. And so it was something that, um, you know, we, we didn't just go out and buy. They're, I think the, the big ones are like $1,800 Goodness. a piece to start. Um, then you get all the accessories. Anyways, my brother finally got a one wheel. Had saved up, finally got a one wheel. Dope. And uh, was just in town visiting. And so we were riding it. My brother was showing me all the... Fun things you can do on it. It really does feel like you're snowboarding. feels like you're carving through some snow. It was uh, amazing. Anyways, my brother um, sent me a picture <laughs> last night um, of his view from the ER. 
Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, apparently, the one wheel took a nosedive while he was going pretty fast. Oh, and he, no. Uh, he uh, hit it hard. Anyway, so with... <laughs> did he break with, anything? He Is did he not right? break anything. I think he dislocated his shoulder oh. and bruised some ribs, but he's, he's okay. Anyways, but so that... So um, injuries have been on my mind. So a simpler hack for your injuries. Ready for this? Yeah. Vaseline. Vaseline. I learned this a long time ago from a nurse friend. So a lot of times people... Who have if you get cut and you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have like uh um, what's it called neosporin or something like that to put over your cut. Um, if you clean it really good with regular soap, not an, not antibacterial soap, regular soap, and if you just have chapstick or Vaseline, whatever with you, if you cover up the wind with that stuff, it accomplishes the same purpose as neosporin by keeping the bad germs out of your cut. So simple awesome. today is Vaseline. Well, and everybody's grandparents have that really large yes. jar of Vaseline with the yeah. label worn off in the medicine cabinet that's like 30 years old. Yeah. So what if so people grab that? Like. I don't, well, now we got to grab a Ziploc bag, scoop some out, <laughs> keep it in our back pockets at all times. But I, have, I mean, if, even if you have chapstick, a lot of people carry chapstick. Yeah, with yeah, them, yeah. It accomplishes the same purpose. That's nice. dope, man. That's really good. I'm going to start yeah, wiping man. chapstick on my cuts just because. Just to do it. Yeah. You should just awkwardly do it in front of people as well. And be like, they think I go for the lip and they'd be like, no, no. <laughs> it's going on my cut. Done. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, for watching. Uh, tune in next month. It's like we said, we're going to dump in. We're going to dump it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> oh that was good we're gonna dive more into the gospel <laughs> i'm so glad everybody was here for that oh, man. Uh, we're gonna dive more into the gospel we're going to be more specific with our language kind of flesh a lot of that out so if you have any more if any questions flush a lot of that out. yeah no i'm just i'm, keep, I'm keeping, I'm keeping just with the metaphor man i'm just going with it uh, if you have any specific questions about some of the language that we've used in regards to being Christ-centered or gospel-centered or those types of things, hit us up. Let us know. But you know what? As always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler as that? We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>